Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast previewing a make-or-break Saturday. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is one year older than me. That is me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's three years older. That's right. That's me, Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we're going to go over our takeaways from last weekend. We'll analyze the the new coaching hire at South Carolina and give a primer as to which games matter this weekend in the conference championship races. Uh, But first, we have a word from our sponsor, MyFrontPageStory.com. So this is the just a perfect holiday gift, especially during a pandemic, because you don't have to go to a store, don't have to fight the crowds. All you have to do is talk to a professional writer on the phone about a loved one for 10 or 15 minutes. That's all it takes. And the writer is going to write a personal story about your loved one. It's going to have quotes from you in there. It's going to look like it's printed on the, the cover of a newspaper. And you can buy it with a frame so they, you know, your loved one can hang it up in their house. It's a really heartfelt gift, perfect for a spouse, parent, especially a grandparent uh, during a pandemic when we, you know, many of us can't yeah. see our grandparents. And would encourage you to go to the website, myfrontpagestory.com. Look at the examples they have there. You can see just the great stories that they've written about other people's loved ones and just the amount of, of care and detail that goes into it. So if you do decide to purchase a story uh, for a holiday gift this season, be sure to use the promo code BROS20 for 20% off. So give the gift of happy tears. That's myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BROS20. All right. Uh, let's get to our week 14 takeaways. So what do you got, Trey? First one, I'm going to talk a little bit of the Heisman. Um, I know it's hard, you know, it's hard nowadays to to win the Heisman when you're not a quarterback or or even a running back, but wide receiver Devontae Smith should be getting a little bit more love, in my opinion. He's getting love, but maybe a lot, lot more love is needed. He leads the nation in receiving yards. In his last four games, He's averaging almost 200 yards and has 11 touchdowns, and he's done it in big games. He's done it in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, and now this most recent week against LSU. Um, you know, since Jalen Waddle went down, teams know he's the main guy, and he's still just excelled. And he's he's toward like this past week against Stingley, arguably the best corner in in football. He was doing very well against him. Um, you know, Mac Jones, of course, deserves to be in the mix because he's the one dealing it to him. Um, but it certainly helps having a guy like Devontae. Uh, he's fast. He can make contested catches. He's not like a one-trick pony. And he also, you know, if you look at him as a, as a, the Heisman in terms of maybe career achievement, I mean, people still remember he made the bit, one of the biggest catches in Alabama history, winning the national title. Mm-hmm. So he's got that to his resume if that helps at all. Yeah, and in that loaded receiving core last year, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, all those guys, he was the leading receiver. Yeah, he had 14 touchdowns last year. <laughs> so, I mean, he, that he's going to shatter that this year. Isn't Ryan, it amazing? He was though? on your fantasy team oh. last year, wasn't he? Uh, he was on my fantasy team. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, you had yeah. How did your Patterson fantasy team do last year? Oh, I think I won it. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think I beat, could I beat Trey in the title game? Who was that? Yeah, I, uh, some I schmuck, remember. I guess. Patterson had like six touchdowns in the final <laughs> game or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still, he's still scoring. <laughs> it was, it was unreal. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, you could throw in Kyle Pitts, man, as far as getting mm. maybe some Heisman love, like 
you know, if, especially he had to miss a game too. But like, dude, he's been unreal. I mean, there's there's yeah. some legit receivers going on. So, anyways, uh, my first takeaway. Uh, Maybe they already kind of have been doing this, but I just feel like this week was even more so. The top four teams are separating from the pack. Like, there's a clear, clear and obvious top four teams. Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, and Notre Dame. They all won easily. They all won without any any trouble this week. Uh, and then you just you take a large gap to number five at a and I mean, it's really just a... I mean, well, what about Florida? I know in the rankings, A&M's ahead of Florida, but... I, yeah, that's true. Florida, I mean, Florida, I would put as the fifth best team ahead of, of A&M, even though, okay, they, they they got beat by them. I get it. But <laughs> yeah, just come on, people. Florida is still really good. But I still think there's a, those four teams are the clear and obvious okay. top four. Um, Florida's had some close ones, you know, of course. And they did lose to A&M. I'm not going to say it's they're worse than them, but they did lose to them. So um, sure. I just, you know, it, even if you say, let's say Clemson loses, I still feel like there should be like, like, Clemson loses to Notre Dame, like I would still take them over a one loss A and M without uh without even thinking about it. Yeah. I mean in terms of playoff or just in terms of who you think would win? Playoff. Okay. Yeah, that's you can make the case if you said, Hey, Trevor Lawrence was out at the first Notre Dame game if yeah. if I was too close was losses to Notre side. Dame, you know, they they they're still really, really good. And Notre Dame would be undefeated. You know, that's interesting. I, I think A and M would would be in over them, but I hadn't really thought about it much. I just I assumed the two lost team. Yeah, I don't would know. Be out, I'm not so sure they would. I think the committee would consider that. You know, who's just who's the better team? Sure. Okay. So, yep. Uh, all right. Well, one of my takeaways is uh, happened on Friday night. It's one of the craziest coaching decisions Ugh, I've weird. ever seen. So, <laughs> it, Louisiana at App State, and Louisiana was up twenty four to nineteen with a minute 51 left and they had a fourth and two at their own 35. So usually it's most coaches make the exact same decision. You punt it away and you know, you just try to prevent app state from scoring a touchdown. But this was a unique situation because Louisiana's long snapper had been horrendous. The the entire game. (laughs) He had the yips for sure. So like he just, and apparently they didn't have a backup long snapper. At least they weren't willing to put one out there. So Basically, the long snapper, you could just pretend he got hurt because he was so bad. So instead, what they decided to do was take an intentional safety. They ran back 35 yards, (laughs) took the safety to make it a three-point game. It took it from a five-point game to a field goal game. And and, and then on the kickoff, since it's a safety, you're kicking from 15 yards farther back. So there's a decent chance App State's going to get good field position. It was just crazy. gone for it. It should have just gone for it. I think that was the, the the clear thing to do because there's a good chance you get it and game's over. It's fourth and mm-hmm. two. Even if you don't get it, yeah, they've got you know a little bit better field position than they would after a after a kickoff. But they need a touchdown instead of a field goal. So yeah, but it's not even a it's not even could, a, a kickoff. It's like a yeah, it's a safety. You know, kick. Say, you know it's way yeah, further back. Kick. Maybe you maybe well, well I didn't see. I didn't remember where they ended up getting the ball, but. They ended up well, had they had a good return, so they ended up. I think they were like, yeah, ten yards difference. Then, so but like, either way, not, yeah, but either. Like but the other thing is, like, if you go for it, you're still up five. So it's not like, you're yeah, not only yeah. up three. Like they, and yeah, honestly, they the court, or if you were really concerned about it, like I'm sure the quarterback could like pooch it, like yeah. fifteen that's, yards. That, that's another thing. Someone mentioned that to us on Twitter. Um, I think it was Marcus said that on Twitter. Yeah, pooch punt by the by the quarterback. Yeah, that's another I mean, great option because then you're still up five and they still have to score a touchdown to beat that's, you. It was that's probably it was actually. I mean, it was astounding. Like you're choice. watching it, and and App State 
missed the field. Like they had a yeah, very so after easy... it ended up. What happened was they got into really close field goal range, a 30-yard field goal to go to overtime. They ended up missing it. So Billy Napier hey, got, got really made lucky. the right call. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. They won. You, if that was yeah. your team and like Ooh. App State goes to overtime, you would just be you would just li- be livid with your coach. I, I mean, yeah, we were all I couldn't believe that. Part of the great part about our Discord is we were all watching that game and like texting each other on that, like saying, What did he just do? Yeah. There's a there's a a Twitter account uh, website called Deck Prism, and they they provide live odds to to sports books. They're it's run by two really sharp guys. Um, like I said, they actually work for sports books. I think so. They they said that even ignoring the, well, let me let me say this. So they said that punting it or going for it there were basically even, like as far as win probability. Now that's not factoring in as they acknowledge that yeah, the long snapper yeah. sucks. So then the clear decision comes to go for it it. yeah yeah unbelievable yeah should have gone for it all right um my second takeaway is kind of off the radar but what happened to marshall this weekend marshall they they were unbeaten cruising along and then out of nowhere they get shut out at home to rice and they were like a 24 25 point favorite Rice was without their starting quarterback. I know they've played better this year, but they were still a big over three score underdog. Freshman Grant Wells, who's been outstanding this year, he threw five picks for Mar. I mean, that was just crazy out of out of nowhere. Um, one of the biggest upsets this year. But there was a crazy stat that since 1978, no home team favored by 20 more, 21 or more, had been shut out, and only a handful of times in history. Has a team lost by 20 or more when they're favored 21 or more. So basically, mm-hmm. that's like over a 41-point swing from mm-hmm. the point spread. That's only right. happened a handful of times. It's It was crazy. That was It was crazy. A very weird. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to uh, my takeaway, second takeaway here. Coastal and BYU, the game huh. of the year. Game of the awesome. year. That crazy. was awesome. So cool that these teams got to play. I mean... You know, it took some some uh, some guts from BYU to go all the way yeah, across props the country, to them. Uh, and uh, you know, on such short notice. Uh, so people that were giving them a little bit of baloney oh, two weeks earlier for not playing Washington, they can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe pound sand would be better. <laughs> you know, so, uh, anyways, the game was awesome, right? It was back and forth, close game, low scoring battle. Even though it was low scoring, though, the offense were still like moving the ball relatively well. So it didn't feel like it was like a kind of a painful low scoring game to watch. It was like, OK, it was still, you know, you saw some, a lot of good plays. Coastal actually rushed for 281 yards. So they had a huge game on the ground. The offensive line looked really, really good. Those smaller guys just were moving the line really, really well. Um, but the, the, the course, the, the finish to this game was insane. So let's kind of touch on the last bit here. So Coastal was up five, 22, 17. They had a fourth and two with just over a minute from their own 47. So almost a s- sort of a similar situation there with, uh, hmm. with the, the Louisiana, or with Louisiana, but, and they took so, an intentional safety. Yeah. Right. So they're up five BYU had no timeouts. So do you punt, uh, and get pin them deep. BYU has got to go whatever 90 ish yards under a minute, no timeouts. That's pretty tough. Right. Or do you go for it? Which the comment color commentator was really wanted him to do, 
uh, he really wanted him to go for it where the, the play-by-play guy was like, you're crazy without saying it. He was like, what are you talking about? Kick it. I thought it was the easy choice to kick. It was a fourth and full year too. So I'm sure it wasn't that crazy though, but uh, I thought punting was the right move. So they punted it. BYU got it at their own 18. Uh, they ended up going to the, getting down to the B, B, uh, Coastal Carolina's 18-yard line. Last play of the game. Zach's, Zach Wilson threw a pass just to... Uh, Dax Milne, who caught it just a few yards short of the end zone and tried to fight his way to get to the end zone, but it was just one yard short. Couldn't quite get there. So Coastal hung on by one yard, uh, one at the last second here. It was just crazy. What a way to finish that game. Like, it was awesome. Coastal's 10 0 now. I mean, Titans Super Bowl, the Rams just couldn't quite quite get there. It was was crazy. That was awesome. All right. uh, Over to Indiana, Tom Allen is continuing to make his case for for national coach of the year they won at wisconsin without michael Penix, 14 to 6 defense played great and so indiana is now six and one with of course the only loss a close one on the road at ohio state and by the rules that were set at the beginning of the season could be very could very well be headed to the the big 10 championship we're going to talk about it later whether that's likely to happen but uh either way tom allen is done an incredible job at a program that is historically one of the worst it's like the best year they've ever had i mean i would have to think it's yeah, it's up there at least it's uh it's they, they their defense man what a what a remarkable year for them yeah very cool for them um my last takeaway is it was from a game that was kind of under the under the radar didn't wasn't nationally huge but oklahoma state lost to tcu despite they forced five TCU turnovers and, and lost. And the takeaway I have is it, it made me start to think um, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. I'd be really curious to know what the true loyal Oklahoma state fans think about the program and Gundy at this point. Um, obviously, you know, his era has been the best stretch in history, but they have to be kind of frustrated. I think by not being able to take the, the next step um, he's two and 14 in Bedlam. Uh, they just seem they always seem to be good, but not quite good enough. Spencer Sanders this year just hasn't quite lived up to the to the hype and he's been inconsistent in his his couple years. And this year, going into the year, this was supposed to be one of their bigger years. Um, yeah. you know, with the Pokes. They they had arguably the best defense they've had, um, paired with the talent coming back on offense, and they just haven't put it together. They got blown out to Oklahoma. They're six and three, losing three of five. You know, a lot of schools would like the success they've had, but I wonder if Cowboy fans think it's starting to run its course. It's hard to say. I mean, it, it could be one of those things like, be careful what you wish for. I mean, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's the best stretch they've ever had. Like, yeah, no, no doubt. doubt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they did win a Big 12 one year, right? Uh, that was the Brad and Whedon year, right? Yeah, they uh, they had one year, they went 12 and one. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they they're always relevant, but it's just, you know, yeah. I think this was a big year. I mean, it it seemed like it was going to be yeah. a big year, so it's definitely disappointing. Especially the way yeah. it started, they were what like five and zero or four and zero. Yeah. They, so mm-hmm. no, it's it. I mean, I hear where you're coming from. It's kind of been this steady, steady of the course here for a while. So something to look we'll forward see. to at least in the next couple of years. Yeah, if they don't, yeah, if they they're having you know four lost seasons, then maybe yeah, it starts. We'll see the offense. Who can uh, who can lead that offense next year? Sanders. I don't I don't know if he's the guy. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. They had some. The offensive line has been. Yeah, the line sucks. Pointing. They yeah. had some. Uh, it was supposed to be really good, but they had some guys opt out, injuries. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. 
Uh, all right. Uh, on my last point here, my last takeaway, uh, the UW-Stanford game. It was a, cr- a pretty crazy game in itself. Uh, so Stanford came out hot. Uh, they were up 31-10 to 10 in the middle of the third quarter. But keep in mind, UW was down 21 points in the week before against Utah, and they came back and won that game. So um, they almost they almost did it here. So, uh, so at one point, UW was down 31-23. They forced a Stanford fumble deep in Stanford's territory. So they were like prime position, red zone, ready to score. They lost like 17 yards in that possession and they ended up kicking a field goal. So it was 31, 26 with just under eight minutes. So pretty much eight minutes left in the game and they never got the ball back. Stanford held onto the ball for a 14 play 79 yard drive that lasted that entire eight minutes. That's awesome. Won won the game. So that was a pretty impressive way for Stanford to go and win in Seattle finishing like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Now they're two and two. I, uh, and they 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 play the the Beavers in their last game here. So could finish three and two for Stanford, which would be pretty solid for them. Yeah. Continue. Started out zero and two, I think, and right. wasn't looking good. But right. Nice nice turnaround by David Shaw. Yeah. Uh. Well, last takeaway here: Texas A and M. I say I, I feel somewhat quiet to me. I don't know. They're not. No one's talking about them as one of the legit best teams. I know they're fifth every week here in the playoff rankings, but. They are alive, of course, in the playoff hunt. They won at Auburn 31-20. to 20. Uh, Offense ha- had a great game. And in the, the playoff rankings, of course, that that just came out as we record. They're, they're fifth again, like I said. And Cincinnati dropped to eighth behind two-loss Iowa State. So that's really good for, for A&M. Um, you know, if there's that chaos scenario, you might have been comparing undefeated Cincinnati with, uh, yeah. with Cincinnati, A&M. They just essentially said, Cincinnati, you're done. They kind of did. I mean, it's yeah. tough with and and now since he also having to cancel their game this weekend at Tulsa, yeah, that was you know another chance for a, a top twenty five win for Cincy. So both of those things together suck for Cincinnati, but good for A and M. Um, so if if A and M wins their only remaining game at Tennessee next weekend, they don't really need that much to happen to get in. They need probably Alabama to beat Florida and then Notre Dame to upset Clemson. If those two things happen. A&M is probably in. Uh, it'd be, yeah, well, we're, so that would be the debate of who gets in over Clemson or A&M. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, or you could, you know, maybe it's or, Iowa or State. Or Ohio State loses. That, that, now we're just throwing now out. Now we're getting crazy. We, we getting did crazy. that last week, but. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. But, you know, oh, that A&M game, though, by the way, Auburn dropped an interception in the yes, they, Auburn was up three, I think it was, and and Mon threw a pass that really should have been picked, but it got tipped, That's, and then it, the receiver caught it for a touchdown. I mean, that was a huge swing. That, <laughs> that was yes. in the fourth. That was like right in the early fourth quarter. So I almost I mean, brought they, up that play. That was a huge play for they sure. Still could have won, but uh, that changed That's, the game. That's why A and M's kind of being looked at as under the radar here, just because you know they obviously very easily could have lost that game. The week they looked really ugly against LSU. Kellen Mon was terrible in that game. They just haven't mm-hmm. looked good. They're skating yep. by, um, you know, I mean, they beat Florida. That's their, their calling card. They had that good game against Florida, but it's like outside of that, they have not, uh, been all that impressive. Nah, but they're, they're like, uh, I mean, relatively, you know, yeah. Yeah. Still pretty good. Yeah, I know. But, just, uh, but I you hear know. you. Another similar kind of heartbreaking moment was, uh, Arkansas against Missouri, oh. very high scoring game. So Arkansas scored <laughs> and at the very end, and they decided to go for two to take the lead. And so they throw the pass, and uh, 
right to a Missouri defender, just like right in his hands. Easy. And somehow it bounces off his hands and goes to an Arkansas receiver for the conversion. So Arkansas one point lead with like a minute left or something. So it was heartbreaker for Missouri, but Missouri did end up marching down the field and yeah, take the I mean, field goal to win. They ended that, up winning. So that that defense <laughs> for Arkansas. That defensive player would have been sick if they didn't pull yes. it out because it was the easiest pick. <laughs> yeah, he he would have been the the sickest you know person in America along with um, the long snapper for Louisiana had they lost. Oh. Oh. All right, let's uh, let's get to our segment here. It is the coaching carousel uh, that is starting to to turn here. So let's talk about uh, some hires. Southern Miss has hired Will Hall, offensive coordinator from Tulane, as their head coach to replace Jay Hobson. Uh, Trey, what'd you think about this move? I gotta be honest. Like I follow college football <laughs> religiously <laughs> and I honestly hadn't heard of him just cause, and I, I like, I follow some of Tulane cause I like Willie Fritz and whatnot, but uh, didn't, didn't know. So yeah, Tulane's offensive coordinator. He's only 40. Um, what's interesting though, about this hire for Southern Miss is it's most likely means a shift to a more run heavy offense uh, Tulane, we, as we know, and maybe if you don't know, they've been a run first offense and they actually lead the AAC in rushing this year. So that might be a little shift because Southern Miss were kind of been more traditionally used to seeing them be more high fly and throwing it around the, allowing the lot. So it might take a, a, a couple of years to, to develop that. So I'm willing to, to see what, uh, what it's how it shakes out about 15 years ago or so. The, True. The glory days of Southern Miss. They had some yeah, good years there. They did. Yeah, they they've, they've got a pretty good history, so they, they uh, do. They, they demand do. more. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. Uh, South Carolina, the big hire, of course, yeah. has hired Oklahoma assistant Shane Beamer as their next head coach. What are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah. Um, all right. This is, this is a little bit of a tough one here for me to kind of judge. Um, yeah. Just don't really think it's a home run hire at all. I don't think anybody can look at it and be like, "Oh, what a fantastic hire this is." I mean, I'm sure you can be you can be positive about it and think, uh, you know, he's he's going to be a good for you. But um, yeah, he just he, he did work under a lot of great coaches. Started with his dad, of course, and then Steve Spurrier, Kirby Smart, last few years under Lincoln Riley. So he's got the pedigree that you're looking for as far as who where he's worked under. So at least in that sense, it's good. Um, but he's just, he's never really been a coordinator. He's always been a position coach. And then I know at OU, he was the associate head coach, whatever that really means when you're not a coordinator. Um, so it's like, he's never been in charge. It's like you say, he, oh, this is his defense. He's so good. Oh, this is his offense. He's such a good. So it's, I think maybe he could be a good CEO type. I guess maybe that could be kind of his thing, which would be, which, you know, obviously a lot of people have had success with that. Saban is the master of that. But um, so I, I want to see who he fills a staff out with, you know? Uh, we'll see how how legit of a staff he brings on because I think that could really make her make her uh, fail his uh, his tenure there. Break is make her <laughs> break. You. Yeah, wow. I, I... <laughs> they rhyme, so it's really nice to put make and break. Together. <laughs> God, I couldn't come up with it. Uh, yeah, um, I think I think Billy Napier <laughs> would have been a home run hire. I don't know if he wasn't interested or or why why that didn't happen. Maybe they just preferred Shane Beamer but well he was uh, actually ready to sign it and then he decided to take the safety and South Carolina was oh, like nope no oh, wait a sec wow no. that's fair that's no, fair. I, <laughs> I agree I like Napier but uh but yeah like I mean you kind of said it head coaching hires are are hard to predict as to how they'll work out like Dabo Sweeney right in the state of South Carolina like 
at the time, I'm sure that I was very underwhelmed with that hire. I don't remember, but I imagine I was. Uh, Pete mm-hmm. Carroll, same thing at USC. Even last year, Carl Durrell and uh, Sam yeah. Pittman. At Arkansas, another guy who's had never been a, a coordinator. Yeah, you're doing well. Um, and so far, those have, have turned out well. Um, and and I think you brought the key point is sometimes we maybe underrate the staff around the coach because like Dude. with Sam Pittman, all three of us were kind of like, eh, like he could work out, sure, but we just we don't have much to go off of other than his personality and you know that players like him and he can recruit, but we didn't know how he would be as a head coach. Well, you surround him with a really good staff. And I think like with Kendall Bryles as offensive coordinator, I think that's that's done wonders. And and Terry Odom, he he hired those guys. Yeah, Barry Odom on the defense. We liked his staff, so that's kind of why we were, yeah. you know, the, as head coaches go, we were like, eh, but hey, he brought in a really good looking staff. So that's mm-hmm. uh, and, vital. Yeah. And could look at Coach O, like his first two years at LSU, they were good and fine, but we've brought up before, he was kind of maybe lukewarm seat. They weren't super necessarily thrilled with him. Bring in Joe Brady suddenly the offense explodes and suddenly coach O's a genius. So uh, yeah, the staff can be really important. So that's what I want to see with Beamer, especially well, when you've got a, a CEO now he, yeah. type coach. Now he hired Bo Pelini and looking like a clown. So oh, wow. well, yeah. yeah, coach. Oh yeah. That, that <laughs> doesn't look to be a great hire. Basically. So my opinion is like, it's underwhelming. That doesn't mean it can't work out, but I just, I don't have much to go off of here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I, I've been, uh, doing this now for a few years and really trying to evaluate coaches it, it is very difficult to to predict and um yeah there's no there's no guarantees um i could if i was a gamecock i could talk myself into it ryan like the way you talk about it, getting a good staff uh some of his stints but one positive i will say is when he was at south carolina he was a recruiting recruiting coordinator um his classes hovered around the top 15 he landed guys like stefan gilmore elshon jeffrey Lattimore to name Did he a get few. I don't know if they I don't even he might have clowning. been. I mean, it obviously helps to have Spurrier above you, but he's familiar with the geography there and yeah. he proved that he could recruit at a decent level there. So that's one thing I would I would talk myself into as a Gamecock fan. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay. Uh okay, let's get to some coaches. Well, how about Scott Satterfield? What were your thoughts on that? He uh I don't know if he interviewed for it, but he may have interviewed or at least had a conversation with uh, with South Carolina and now Louisville fans are very PO'd about that. What do you what do you guys think? Well, how would you feel? Well, I thought he just said I'm not interested. I don't know, didn't he? Like he he had a conversation and then okay. yeah. I don't know if he had, did he say he was not interested preemptively, but either way there was there was talks there. There were talks. Yeah. There. I guess I haven't seen him emphatically coming out and saying, you know, I'm I'm Louisville all through and through, but yeah, that's, I guess that's what he should have done, right? Being a little more, I mean, it's, I don't know. If I, I was well, a, if I was a Louisville fan, I'd understand the little skepticism there. But at the same time, it's just, it's the way of college football, man. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the Louisville fans are, granted, they're having a disaster of a year. Like the worst, this is the worst case scenario year that they could have had with um, with some some hope going into the year. So that compounding with, with this certainly didn't help their, yeah. their opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two coaches got fired as well. So who was the first one, Trey? Yeah, South Alabama fired Steve Campbell. Um, I think it was right, unfortunately. I mean, he w- they just lost this past weekend, 29 nothing to Troy. He went 9-26. and They haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. 
And and South Alabama as a program, they just unveiled this past season an $80 million on-campus stadium. So the time is right, I think, to get some new blood. Uh, and honestly, it could be a f- semi-attractive job given, well, one, the facilities, but also the Sun Belt made a name for itself this year. So yeah. they can. there's some some opportunity there. Sure is. Speaking of Sunbelt firings, Sunbelt firing number two, uh, Matt Veter, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, tough place to be successful down there uh, in Monroe. Uh, they don't quite maybe have some of the advantages, uh, even like a school like Lafayette. Well, sorry, Louisiana has. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, my bad. Uh, but I'm talking about both Louisianas now. So it's no, like, that makes sense. I, there, I'm okay with Lafayette. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. So come on. I got to separate them. Um, <laughs> but he got, he got Monroe decent for a few years. They went four and four in conference, like three straight years in a row. So, you know, that's, that's not too bad. And then uh, this year they just, they just tanked bottom completely fell out They're zero and 10 and only one of their games has been decided by less than 10 points. So like, they're not even a good zero and 10. They're a bad zero and 10 team. So uh, you had to let him go. Of course, there's no no fire. So they're looking for potential replacements. Uh, we didn't really bring that up for South Alabama, but uh, I got a couple of head coaching candidates we could go with here for Monroe. Yeah. That's I took a quick peek. Mark Hudspeth, of course, he coached. That for, would be crazy. He coached Louisiana Lafayette. Got to say it for uh, several years. Obviously, did very well. Um, kind of slowed down at the obviously, of course, at the end. But then last year he was he he coached Austin P. He had like an 11 one year at Austin P. He did well. Um, Broderick Fobbs is the other guy that I saw, uh, coach, these coaches Grambling state. So that would be kind of an interesting hire there. And then, um, so a couple guys to throw out, Okay, but they're, cool, they're, cool. they're so low on the, uh, wish list, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like that's impossible to identify all the possible candidates because yeah, there's, it seems like anybody's could be like anybody's a community college guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So it's tough. All right. Well, let's move on to week 15. And since this is the the last week of the regular season for most teams. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to go conference by conference and we're going to tell you maybe the conference championship uh, has already been decided who's going to be in there. But for those that aren't, we'll, we'll discuss uh, the scenarios there. So we'll start with the power five and the ACC Trey. Yeah, this one very straightforward slam dunk. It's already Clemson versus Notre Dame. They're not even playing this week, of course, because they kind of adjusted the schedules uh, last week to, to kind of nail this one down. Uh, and you know it's it's interesting because the ACC title, it really as long as I can remember in recent history, it's been awful and terrible, and you know what's going to happen going into it. But yeah. this is as compelling of a game as there is, so it'll be fun to watch next week. For one year, for one year, we got a, yeah. a good ACC, and we'll yeah. go back to back to normal next year. It looks like, um, well, maybe North Carolina, yeah, yeah, but a lot of teams, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. the U if they get another quarterback or if King stays, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's true because you can technically come around. For Everyone can technically stay. That's going to make this offseason really. That's what I don't get it's about be the wild. scholarship limit coming in next year. Okay, there's one year where you can have more, but then it goes right back to 85. But all those freshmen, junior, sophomores right now, they can all get another year. So it's just like it completely compacts it. So I don't know. There's gonna there's gonna have to be some tough decisions for uh, coaches. Like, sorry, kid. You got to leave. Like, I don't know. I feel like they should have extended the scholarship limit further than just one year. Anyways, moving on. All right. We're going on the Big 12 here. It's all set. We got Iowa State for the first time in Big 12 history 
Iowa State is going to play uh, in in the conference title against Oklahoma, of course, and um, kind of. A, I mean, not crazy, I guess, but OU did not look like they might have a shot to get in here. Uh, like after week three, they already had two losses, so um, they're playing as obviously as well as anyway. Both of these teams are playing awesome. They're both look really really good lately. So um, OU though this week they play uh, at West Virginia. Are currently favored fourteen. Um, West Virginia just got smoked by the other team in the Big 12 titles, Iowa State. So it's kind of a tough one to finish here for Iowa State or for, excuse me, for West Virginia having to play the two best teams. But um, I, I'll take OU though in that game, minus 14 only. Um, and it's a little bit of a tune up. So maybe that's why they're, you know, yeah. but uh, I still think they'll just smoke them. Um, and, but hey, still a good year for West Virginia. And either way, they'll go five and five if they lose. It's a good year too. Um, so yeah. Big 12 yeah. also. And and last last week Oklahoma had of course a ton of players out uh due to contact tracing so they wasn't super impressive against Baylor but all things right. considered all you needed was a win. Um all right, Big 10 here. So this this gets interesting. Uh, yeah. Big 10 West, Northwestern has already clinched uh this past weekend with Wisconsin losing. So um they're all set. They do take on Illinois this weekend. They're favored 14 and a half. I'll take the points with Illinois there. Uh, Northwestern last we saw lost to Michigan State and it's just hard to take Northwestern to, to cover by a big margin against anybody yep. so exactly. yeah t- taking those points Big Ten East here we go it's been over a half hour yeah. and we haven't talked about this year um, or not quite not quite a half hour but anyway that's not relevant so as we record Ohio State Michigan has been canceled and it looks like it, it's very possible that uh, Purdue Indiana game is also going to get canceled because both oh, teams yeah. are no having doubt. a pause yeah. due to COVID issues. So um, Ohio State right now is one game short of the six game requirement to make the Big Ten title. So there's kind of I, I see three options as to what could happen. One is the Big Ten can decide to do away with that six game requirement and just allow a five and zero Ohio State team to get into the the title over six and one Indiana. And I get that that's a bad look to change the rule after the fact just to get in, you know, your big team, Ohio state, uh, a chance to, you know, improve their playoff odds. Um, but I will say first place. Yeah. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm kind of okay with it because I think the rule was the mistake. Exactly. Um, You've got one team five and O that beat the team that's six and one. Like they should have foreseen this and been like, you know what? The five and O team is probably going to be, more deserving to to get in mm-hmm. so yeah it, it, it's it a bad a look bad i get it i get why people think it's unfair but especially if they you know you could have been a a team that only played five games where the you didn't cause it wasn't your fault maybe like you didn't cause it had you maybe yeah. you didn't have a single COVID issue how, so the, how can you put that on that team like i just yeah two two of the games that they got canceled were exactly were so that's it. just not it just wasn't a fair rule yeah, so so I'd be okay with it if that's what they decide. Yeah. The other option is they don't have to get into that. They can just find another another team for Ohio State to play this weekend uh, to get them to that six game mark, which could happen. It depends on the cancellations in in those other games. Uh, then the third option is just do nothing. You just say sorry, Ohio State, you're you're screwed. You're not going to the Big Ten title, which doesn't mean they're screwed. They could still honestly they could still make the playoff without not it. That big of a difference because then they're they'd probably end up with they're going to still play an, an extra game anyways. Right. Just because they don't make the Big Ten title game doesn't mean they're not going to play another game. They would just play like Wisconsin or something instead of playing 
or Iowa instead of playing Northwestern, which I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs, honestly, with those teams. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe a win over Iowa, who's may have won six in a row would be a more impressive win for Ohio state. Anyways, I don't know if they, if that happens. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that happens. We'll, we'll see, but yeah, as you're listening to this, it's probably been decided uh, because we're yeah. recording on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. I think the ADs are meeting. I would not expect option number three. I would think they either find them a game or, or change the rule. So, yep. Yeah. We'll yeah. And they this, deserve this, it. This year is such a fluid year. Like, yeah, might be a screw for Indiana, but I mean, of any year to be able to kind of do it on the fly, this would be it. They, they, they if as long as they just kind of admit fault in the air or the rule at, at first, I think that's the best way. Because we, we all know Ohio State's better. I mean, yeah, it's just, but and but that is the rule. So I, I went it. to I went to an Indiana blog just to kind of read the comments and see see what their thoughts were, and I was surprised. Like most of the comments were saying reasonable. We get it. They beat us. Like we shouldn't be super upset about this. Yeah. If you, if I wonder how it would have been if you replaced Indiana with like Michigan, you know, if would Michigan people think the same thing, you know, I don't, like, think, I so. don't think they would <laughs> think they'd have different. Maybe they comments. would, although I don't know. I, don't I know. you know, it might be a little different, <laughs> but that was good to know though. Indiana, I mean, they, they had their chance, right? They had their shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on to the pack 12, uh, few scenarios here so first of all in the north it's pretty straightforward it's the winner of this weekend's washington oregon game um that will decide who who goes to the pac-12 title in the north this game it lost a little bit of uh lust when when both teams lost this past weekend uh oregon they're a six-point favorite against uw but i just don't quite trust them at this point given that many against a a pretty good team. Uh, the Ducks have been kind of underwhelming this year. I know they've had their opt-outs that that didn't help, especially on defense, but the offense has, hasn't been overly impressive this year with uh, Moorhead and Tyler Shuck. Uh, they've turned it over 11 times in their five games. So I think the Washington defense should be able to do a good job keeping the the Ducks in, in check. Dylan Morris, though, I mean, for UW, he might not have much passing success. He's been pretty pretty average uh but sean mcgrew that has averaged over five yards per carry for the huskies i think that should fare well against the the ducks so i'll take the huskies plus six so so is that i i haven't looked into this myself that's it it winners in that that's it or is there any other scenario that could happen that's it winner take okay. all there gotcha uh then the south it comes down to sc in colorado uh usc sits in a little bit better shot uh, better better position because if they win they're in they play ucla um if they beat the bruins they're in colorado plays utah so here's the deal so uh, like i said if usc beats ucla it doesn't matter game over usc's in colorado they're in a tough spot because if they both win or they both lose they lose the tiebreaker no matter what to sc because they've played one less game so that that rule for that the pac-12 is is kind of coming into play um, so at this point, their Colorado's only chance to get in is if they beat Utah and have USC U- lose to UCLA, which isn't really that far fetched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the deal. So Friday night, we're, we're going to kind of know if Colorado has a chance because they play Utah and they're currently a two point favorite. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Utes. They're, they're one and two. Ryan, you mentioned they did, they blew a 21 nothing lead at UW. Um, but then this past weekend, they beat Oregon State. They had nine turnovers in their first two games. They didn't have any this past week. 
Uh, freshman running back Ty Jordan has looked great. Britton Covey has started to look back to his kind of pre-injury self uh, at receiver. Yeah. Punt return. Back, yeah, and punt return. Devin Lloyd, their linebacker, he's been been stepping it up. Um, they're going to have to slow down Jarek Broussard. He just came off a game where he had 301 yards, which, by the way, he had 301 yards and didn't score. That's that's tough wow. to do. That is crazy. Uh, Ooh, that sounds like a play index opportunity. Oh, I am. didn't even think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, but I think the Utes defense up for the challenge here and they'll, they might upend Colorado and then USC, UCLA fun game. USC is only a three point favorite, kind of a little surprising, but the Bruins, they've been playing much better under Chip Kelly this year. Uh, DTR has been a little more consistent, even though he hasn't played every game. Uh, Demetric Felton though, at running back over five yards per carry, five touchdowns in, in their games. But I got to go with the Trojans. They were, we all know they were fortunate to win their, their games against the Arizona schools, but since then, they've been pretty dominant, uh, convincing road win at Utah, and then just an utter thrashing of Wazoo, particularly in the first quarter before they kind of yeah, called off the dogs. Um, we knew about SC's offensive talent, of course, and they've they've kind of displayed that for the most part in the last couple of games. But I came away at least a little bit encouraged with the defense. That's been the question mark. They stymied Wazoo's offense, four sacks, two picks. Um, I do think this will be a higher scoring game, but I'm going to take the Trojans. Yep, that sounds right. good. All right, uh, let's go SEC. Uh, it's Alabama versus Florida. We know it. It's all set. So um, for as far as how they're looking this weekend, Bama's got Arkansas at Arkansas, uh, their favorite 32. Um, Arkansas is a feisty group, man. Uh, but I'm just I'm not going to stand in front of the Alabama freight train right now. Uh, they're, they're covering these large spreads easily every week, it seems like. So... Uh, I'm just going to assume they're going to do it again. Uh, so give me Bama there. Uh, and then Florida, Florida plays LSU, uh, their favorite 23 uh, against them. And LSU, I, I can't pick them right now with the atrociousness of, of that defense. Uh, and the quarterback play has been horrible. So there's just not a lot going on. So Trask and uh, his buddy Pitts and Tony, they should have a huge, huge game against LSU. So I'll take the two huge favorites in those two game- matchups. Okay, uh, let's get to the group of five conferences. I'll start with the AAC. Uh, so that's all set. It's going to be Cincinnati against Tulsa. The only question actually was who would host the championship game. And that was going to be decided on the field because they played. Mm. They were supposed to play this weekend at Tulsa. Uh, but Cincinnati had to cancel due to COVID. So they're, they're both going to end the regular season here 6-0. and And the tiebreaker comes down to the playoff rankings, which of course Cincinnati's ahead. So Cincinnati will host Tulsa next weekend. They better wait. Not like the Mountain West did to, what was that, a few years back, right? Remember that? Yeah. I remember Boise this. State got got lucky and uh, was it? Fresno. I think Fresno got, Fresno screwed. got screwed. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one's not even a debate, but that game, they got screwed. They waited, decided this, the story was like, so they, this, they, they had the same rule. Whoever was higher in uh, whatever the playoff ranking um, was going to host and they, they decided early in the week before the rankings came out. Oh, it's Boise will be will will be came out. Fresno was a game was, and they already decided it was at Boise. So they, they just suck it. So that's just <laughs> crazy. That's brutal. <laughs> it All is right. brutal. Um, by the way, I'm checking out of the podcast here for, for a little bit. Cause I'm going to play index that, uh, Oh, that's All right. Yeah. I like it. All right. So, so then I will go to conference USA. 
Um, there's four teams alive to get to the title game, two in both the West and the East. Uh, let's start off in the West. So you got UAB and UTSA, UT San Antonio. They're the teams alive. UAB controls their destiny. They're in if they beat Rice this weekend. They're favored seven and a half, but they do have two things going against them. One, they haven't played since Halloween. Yeah, I was going to say, they I haven't heard a bunch them of COVID issues. While. So over a full month, they haven't played. That's That's hard to do. Um, and then the second factor is Rice. We I mentioned it earlier. They're coming in with some confidence. They just shut out unbeaten Marshall, uh, one of the shockers of the year. But I don't see UAB throwing five picks like Grant Wells did. Um, I'm still going to lean with UAB despite the rust because the defense is the strength of that uh, that unit, and I think they'll slow down Rice. But if they lose, UTSA gets in and because the, they don't even play this weekend. So wow. they're rooting hard for uh, for Rice. Which is an amazing turnaround if UTSA. I was going to say the, the Roadrunners, man, what a crazy year! If they, I mean, even already, but if they make the title yeah. game, wow, yeah, um, unbelievable coaching job. Uh, and then, wait, okay, go oh, ahead, Trey. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was just going to get. Did you have something on on either of them? I still have the East here. No, go to the East. Yeah, the East, a little bit more compelling. You got Marshall and Florida Atlantic. Uh, if Florida Atlantic loses to Southern Miss on Thursday then Marshall's in no matter what, even if they lose to to Charlotte. Uh, so if Marshall ends up beating Charlotte on Friday night, uh, Marshall's in no matter what. Uh, Flor- so in those two games, Florida Atlantic, they're an eight-point favorite at Southern Miss. Southern Miss two and seven, but I'm actually going to take them. They've been competitive in their losses. Frank Gore Jr.'s, they're running back, been running pretty well. Florida Atlantic just lost 20-3 to three to Georgia Southern. So I think... Uh, FAU stingy defense. Crazy Frank Gore Jr. is already like, yeah, playing for yeah. Southern Miss. You don't hear yeah. about that in the football world of no, running backs, especially, right? And dad's still running. Yeah. It's crazy. That's um, crazy. So, yeah, I'm taking the points with Southern Miss. And then Marshall, it's really hard. They laid an egg, uh, as we've talked about. Their favorite 20 again, but I'm thinking they're going to bounce back. Rice. Uh, they have one of the best defenses in the conference, whereas Charlotte's is is dreadful. So they're going to get to go kind of Grant Wells will redeem himself, have a good bounce back game. And so Marshall will end up winning and they'll get to host the title game, in my opinion. All right. Ready okay. for that I, play index? I'm ready with the play index. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. So. Uh, so, yeah, you said Jarek Broussard, 301 rushing yards, no touchdowns uh, since 2000. Only one other player has ran has run for 300 yards without scoring at least a rushing touchdown. Uh, and it was West Virginia. It was a player for West Virginia against OU in 2016. This is a tough oh, one. I, ooh, you can try and guess, ooh. but. Oh, oh. I Kevin, would come up with it. No. Uh, yeah. Kevin Brown. No. Was it a, uh, who was, no, no, who was their running back? 2016 West Virginia running back. I think give I initials. Remember. I think I remember this game though. It was crazy. A Baker, I want to say Baker was the quarterback. Um, yeah, it was Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it was at West Virginia. I just remember like being a shootout. It was fifty-six to twenty-eight. Was the final? Oh well, that's not what I thought it was. But okay. Anyways, um, gosh, who was their running back? I don't know. All right. I, well, initials. Tell you. Oh, initials. JC. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was it was. No, I'm just going to tell you. It was Justin Crawford. Uh, yeah. yeah oh, he had 24 wow. carries, 331 yards. Wow. Zero touchdowns. That's, that's amazing. pretty amazing. And wow. there have been, 
uh, a total of six guys since 2000 that have gone for 250 or more uh, without a touchdown. One of them, exactly 250, uh, was last year, Jonathan Taylor uh, against Wisconsin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 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 It's amazing. That's crazy. Uh, against Iowa. So there you go. Mm. That is, but yeah, 300 yards, no mm-hmm. touchdowns. So they're only one other guy. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. I should have thought of that. My bad on the play index. That's okay. We should get a sponsorship from the play index. I'm going to email them maybe. Sweet. All right. Uh, let's go to the Mac. Lovely Mac teams here. Um, so in the West, there is a pseudo semifinal game here in the Mac. You got Ball State. They host Western Michigan. The winner goes to the Mac title game. Ball State's currently favored two and a half. And I'm going to take Ball State. Um, they they dominated a good Central Michigan team last week. Who was that game was kind of a pseudo quarterfinal game, actually. <laughs> so it's kind of working its way over here. Um, while Western Michigan, on the other hand, they gave up 53 last week to Eastern Michigan. I'm talking about every directional Michigan school right now. But if you can keep those straight, you're you're doing well. Um, so that was not not impressive. So I think Drew Plitt and that Ball State offense especially that pass offense should, uh, should have a field day against the Western Michigan D. So the East Buffalo won. They, they won the East. Uh, they won it this past weekend by not having to play. Um, so even if they lose to Akron this week, um, they're definitely, like, <laughs> I, I think they're like, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see that happening. They're like 30 something favorite. Didn't Akron, they just beat Bowling Green. I guess Bowling Green sucks. Yeah. But. Bowling Green's terrible too. They're like a 30 something point favorite. So, yeah. uh, and Jared Patterson will have a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns. So, you yeah. know, Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mountain West. So there are no divisions in the Mountain West this year. There's three teams left for two spots. Uh, so right now, the standings at the top, you got San Jose State, unbelievably, at 5-0, and Boise State at 4-0, and and Nevada at 6-1. and uh, So the likely scenario here is Boise State wins this weekend. They're an 11.5-point favorite at Wyoming. That would uh, would clinch a spot. I think they'll do that. Well, I don't Wyoming's a solid team. They could... Uh... Yeah, lost to New Mexico. Yeah, I don't know how solid they are. They, I mean, it's only eleven and a half. It's not like it's a a massive underdog, but I don't see their offense keeping up with Hank Bachmeyer. They, uh, they're pretty one dimensional. All they do is run the ball. They've got a freshman quarterback that has has kind of struggled. So, uh, yeah, I see Boise winning there, and they will likely host. They'll likely be the the home team in the conference championship because. Um, they'd be undefeated, and the only other team that can possibly go undefeated, San Jose State, is in a county where you can't play football right now. So I, I think they're yeah. they're going to host. So it'll likely be Boise State against the winner of, on Friday night, in Las Vegas, Nevada, San Jose State. And uh, San Jose State's favored two and a half. I'm going to take them. It's just an incredible story. Brent Brennan is done a great turnaround they were three and 22 in his first two years there but last year five and seven and this year five and oh i'm sure after we talked about his his first two seasons i i can remember talking about him like this guy's just a lame duck like yeah he's he's gonna be yeah, fired for like, sure but you don't blame him because it was san jose state it's such a tough gig but yeah i'm sure we're, we were just like no way we were checked out yeah but uh here he is yeah five and oh uh nick starkle's playing great at quarterback he's got a great receiving core uh, so yeah, they're my pick to to play Boise in the Mountain West title. There is one chaos scenario though. Uh, so say Nevada beats San Jose State on Friday, which obviously that could that could easily happen. Um, normally it would just be Nevada against Boise in that case. But if Boise loses to Wyoming, 
all three tonight. teams would have one loss, and Boise would be the odd team out because they played the fewest games. They'd only be Oof. four and Oof. one. Oof. So, yeah. Oof. So that's that's the one scenario that that gets Boise out. Well, I like it. That should be fun to watch that Nevada San Jose State. Yeah, game. that'll be fun. It's basically a play on playing game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. That's fun. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to finish it off with some the fun belt Sun Belt. We got Louisiana. That's right. <laughs> Louisiana is playing at Coastal Carolina. It's set. Uh, Louisiana's done. They had their last game against App State, as we talked about uh, earlier. Coastal, they are favored 13 and a half, and this is a tough spot for them uh, if they're not too careful. They're riding that emotional high from you know biggest win in history last weekend with game day in town and whatnot, and they got the conference title next weekend. Uh, but Troy, they're playing Troy. They have a pretty de- decent defense. Uh, they're confident. They just shut out uh, South Alabama last weekend. I expect Coastal to win, but this is a little trap sandwich game for them. Uh, so I'm going to take the points with Troy. Going against Coastal. No, well, I'll root for the Shunts next week in the title <laughs> yeah. game. Okay, uh, let's get to our locks of the weekend. Uh, you can choose a game we've already talked about or pick one of the games that doesn't have an impact on the conference I title races. Pick what do you think, Yes, I will pick a game that we've already talked about. I'm taking, well, you talked about it, Michael. Uh, Illinois, they're they're 14 and a half point dogs at Northwestern. Northwestern has only beaten one team this year by more than 10. And that was the very first game of the year against Maryland. So even if they do win, they're not dominating. And of course, we know they just lost to Sparty. So, um, and Illinois, man, they're a decent team. They can run the ball pretty well. Uh, Brandon Peters is, is solid. Uh, so I think they got a, a, a decent chance of pulling off that win in, in uh, Evanston. Did you hear that lock? Did you hear that lock? We did. No, I okay. was kind of treating that like a uh, upset special in there. <laughs> no. I was kind of thinking in my head as I'm doing it, upset special. Hey, it would have been a good pick too. Uh, okay, well, uh, my lock is going to be Texas minus 29 and a half at Kansas. And I, I know these two teams have have played closer than expected games recently, but Kansas is maybe even worse this, this year than they usually are. They're winless. They've lost by 30 or more to TCU, OU, Iowa State, K-State, and Oklahoma State. And Tom Herman, I think, is just looking to close out this season strong, trying to kind of save his job uh, heading into next year. They just put up 69 points on nice. K-State last week. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they put up 50 and hey, now one. that they're not reaching out to urban maybe now that urban's not coming downtown That's other big news that yeah we should have brought up yeah urban meyer reportedly not coming back to to coaching next year That's so. kind of uh wow tom herman get your uh stuff together here next year or else you're you're gone <laughs> Yeah, he's got that's if he doesn't get fired at the end of this year, then he's got it's almost like one more. If he doesn't make the big 12 title game next year. He's gone, you know, like it depends how it happens, but it depends how it yeah. happens, I guess. But yeah, that's essentially what this year he's going to finish seven and three and just miss out. And they're talking getting rid of him. That's, you know, yeah, I thought if he didn't make the big 12 title game this year, he would have been out. But, you know, we'll, we'll see seven and three, some close losses, maybe give him another chance with a full off season of of his new yep. coordinators. One more year. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mine lock is going to be where college game day is. We got army Navy army is favored seven Army's hosting Navy in an oddity that it's not at a neutral site. Given this uh, crazy year, I'm taking army. Um, they Navy's had a down year. 
I know this is the bit, the big rivalry and they all get up for it, but Navy's had been particularly bad on offense. Army's defense is pretty solid. I don't see why they can't slow down that attack. So I think Army is going to end the year eight and two. Relatively soft schedule. <laughs> very, very, Underst- uh, very, <laughs> I agree. I mean, they had BYU game canceled, so they at least yeah. had that on the schedule. But, but they, 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 they only lost by 14 at Cincinnati and one of them true. was like a, a fluke touchdown. So it's true. Beautiful yeah, Mikey stadium and uh, West point. Okay. Let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. All right. Michigan, Ohio state was of course canceled this weekend. What's something you've missed out on or had canceled that you really want to happen? Um, I will go with uh, the, well, I, I kind of have two, but I'll just go with one here, I guess, for now. Uh, I'll go with last year's March Madness. Man, I'm oh. that. You know, we're, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, we're from Omaha. I'm a big Creighton basketball fan. So it's their best year, like, ever. They won the conference. Could have been like a two seed, and they, they never made the Sweet 16. They might have had a chance, and pff, no tournament. Oh, that stunk. That sucks. Uh, mine wasn't a cancellation, but just. Uh, a good number I missed out on was betting Kyle Trask thirty three to one to win the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, you a week before the a week before the Georgia game because we talked about it in our Patreon episode. We did one previewing the the Heisman kind of midway through the year, and we we talked about how Trask, if they win against Georgia, which wasn't that unlikely, he'd immediately be one of the favorites. And for some reason, I decided not to bet it. Yeah, you'll be kind of pulling for Bama, I think, just yeah. because of that. Yeah, no, I have uh, Florida like. 12 to 1 to win. Oh, that. Well, there you go. Well. So you've got it. Yeah, not so, so bad. Not yeah. so Hopefully bad. they squeak by and Trask somehow doesn't play that well and they still yeah. Well, I also bet Trask 6 to 1 after oh. Georgia. So. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. You're, you're still, screwing you're yourself still in the way. You're still fired. No, I, uh, mine was when I was like 12 years old, baseball, playing baseball. I was a pitcher and I'd always wanted to be the catcher. And it got down to like the last game of the year and I was going to be the catcher and I was so looking forward to it. A day before the game, I break my ankle in my backyard just messing around. Didn't get to play catcher. Never mm. ended up getting to play catcher. I was always so disappointed. I really wanted oh, to do that. Uh, just you. another. Oh, go ahead. No, I just, I had the same scenario. Well, I didn't want to be pitcher catcher, but just remember breaking the ankle and just trying to pretend that it didn't. <laughs> you didn't break it. No, I can still play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't even, can't even walk. I uh, I just another sick brag after the fact. Everyone loves when someone says that they want oh, to yeah. after the fact. Uh, I also have Mac Jones twenty five to one to win the Heisman. So uh, no, oh, NBD, oh, oh, no. uh, NBD, NBD, no big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never and I've never lost a bet. So that's never, cool. <laughs> never, never. If you could add one more week to the season and choose any two teams to play each other, who would you choose? Well, as of this moment. I would love an old school rivalry because, you know, USC, they're unbeaten right now. They're not really having a chance to get in the playoff. But if they were able to play Notre Dame, which they traditionally do play Notre Dame every year, that would be one, just a fun game to see, especially this year, given how good both teams are. Yeah, especially Notre Dame. (laughs) But thank you for (laughs) USC in that. Well, hey, they'd have a chance. Uh, Yeah, we'd have a chance. Uh, So... For me, it, it always sucks to see an undefeated team miss out on the playoff, of course, like UCF a few years ago. So I want Cincinnati to have a shot because they're the one that's that's closer. I would have picked Coastal, but that's kind of a prayer at this point. So I want Cincinnati to play Ohio State. You got in-state teams. Mm. It'll be a must-watch game. And Because I got to think, if Cincinnati wins that, they're in for sure. Like You can't leave them out. 
Well, if they beat Ohio State, sure. Yeah. That'd yeah. be sweet. No doubt about that. Um, all right. Well, I, I kind of had two in mind and that you guys kind of mixed both of mine together here. So I'll just say both of mine. I was thinking Cincy and Coastal just to, you know, you got two undefeated G5 teams. Um, kind of be bra- the bragging rights of, well, not necessarily bragging rights, but just see, okay, which G5 team is going to be that top G5 team this year? Because it's very likely they'll both finish undefeated. Well, still pretty likely, you know, can happen. Um, and then the other one I was thinking was just USC and Colorado. I mean, that game would have decided the South uh, this year and they just didn't get to play. So it's kind of unfortunate that the two teams, we would have thought Colorado, right? That yeah. if you had to say which game was going to get canceled as far as you know that would have won the meant the most. That would have been like one of the worst, lowest choices on the on the on the, on the totem pole. So um, I would have kind of liked to see both those matchups. But USC Colorado is kind of the main one. I was like, dang, I would have liked to see. Can Colorado actually do it? Like for real? I would yeah, like to see for sure. All right, well, let's pick our upset specials. Every week we pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I had Cal beating Oregon last week, and this week I'm going to take Navy. Sorry, Trey, I'm going against Army huh. here. To win outright as a seven-point dog, five of the last six years, this game has has been decided by one score. And like we talked about, Army, they're winning them, so credit to them. But they've had one of the easiest schedules in the country, so it's just kind of can be hard to judge. Maybe uh, these teams are closer than the records appear. That's fair. Georgia Southern, they're getting ten from App State. App State, we talked about earlier. They had the crushing loss to Louisiana. Their season goals are pretty much finished at this point. Georgia Southern, they've been a snake-bitten team, man. Four losses where three of them were in the final seconds. The other was only a two-score loss at uh, Archance. They would like to finish beating App State, so I'm picking them. All righty. I forgot who I picked last week. Uh, You had Illinois. You had a bad beat. Oh, I did? Rats. All right. (laughs) They lost by like a half a point. That was his upset special or his lock? That was his upset special last week because I was almost going to take it. And I think they lost by a half point. Oh, well, they were up 14 well, nothing. So yeah, then I didn't get that unlucky. Oh, yeah, not the outright win. <laughs> well, yeah. they were up 14 nothing. Yeah, it was up 14 nothing. It looked good, yeah. right? All right. Still unlucky. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so what? All right. Uh, okay. Uh, this week I'll take Missouri. Uh, they're they're uh, getting 13 right now at home against Georgia. Uh, Georgia, you know, they're still definitely vulnerable. They've obviously played a lot better since JT Daniels got in there, but uh, they almost lost to Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. So I don't see why not with uh, Connor Basilak. The Missouri's been kind of having their offense get going here. So, you know, maybe a couple turnovers here or there. Mizzou could pull it off. All righty. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Actually, one uh, one quick announcement before we end the show here. Uh, next Friday, we're planning to have a holiday zoom night with with all of our patrons uh one of the patrons kenny who is a co-host of the prospects 101 college football podcast which you should all subscribe to we know you like college football those guys do a great job so be sure to subscribe to that he's going to be hosting a trivia challenge uh that all the the patrons can can take part in and the bros will be competing as well so if you want to take part in that and just support the show sign up for our patreon patreon.com slash college football bros five bucks a month uh you get a bonus episode every month uh our next one is probably also going to be a, a trivia episode which we'll record here in the next few days so uh again thanks for listening thanks for considering that we'll talk to you next thank week. you see you you've been listening to the college football bros 
If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.